Time now for another Thrash Pie radio podcast. I am the aforementioned Thrash Pie, your favorite guy. This is where I get to celebrate the pure rock years of Southern California's heavy metal flagship, KNAC-FM. Today, this podcast, we're talking to uh, one of the favorite, favorite guys, other than me, of course, um, from the KNAC air staff. Uh, Dangerous Darren came down as a very, very young guy from um, up in Central California. And, um, you know, these days, pretty much sporting that chrome dome shaved head thing. But <laughs> in, in those days, hair down to the middle of the back, this kid was, he was dedicated. I call him a kid. He was, of course, much younger than I was. I'd already done eight or nine years in radio by the time I'd gotten out here. But Darren was one of those guys who lived and breathed the music. So my question to him, as it is to, to most of the guys on the air staff and people who worked at the station in general, was, you know, when and where and how, what's your story? How'd you get hooked up with KNAC? Yeah, I remember I was uh, living in San Luis Obispo, so, you know, it had been circulating about this station in in Los Angeles that was just playing all the stuff that we loved and that no other radio station was playing, and, you know, you just, you couldn't believe it. I remember going down for an Iron Maiden concert. That was the first time that I heard it, and I couldn't wait to get in range as I was driving down until you can kind of get the station coming in, and once I heard it, man, I just, you were just in awe. You just could not believe what was playing and what would the jocks you know and how they were talking and it was it was just like wow that is home right there that's cool how did you get a job at knac uh let's see how did it go i was uh once i heard it it was from that time it was like i gotta get down there you know i've got to be a part of this so I was working at a small little top 40 station in, in San Luis Obispo and playing music, you know, that I hated. And then you're going, so you just send it. You you know, you you figure out what the address is. And I can't remember how because we didn't have the Internet at that time. But, uh, you know, trying to figure out that and sent it in. And that was it, you know, just kind of not really thinking anything of it. And then just a call out of the blue from Tom Marshall. He was like, you know, we're interested in blah, blah, blah. And I drove down there and talked to Tom and and then went home and just kind of went, okay, well, we'll see how that goes. And then got a call from him again probably a couple weeks later, and he says, you ready to come down? I mean, I just, I freaked out. Could not believe it. And so that's how it, that's how it started. And then uh, I was doing overnights, midnight to six. And, uh, I mean, we didn't talk about money. Yeah. We didn't talk about it. I didn't either, no. It didn't matter. It just, I wanted to be there. I would have done it for free. That's how that most, that that group of the of us, you know, the first six or seven of us that came through there, that's exactly how it all was. Everybody wanted to be at that station. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about the presentation, going back to that for a second. I mean, the first time you hear that station, you just, it was the stuff in between the music. I mean, the music was unbelievable in its own but then the stuff in between the music with all the ron russ stuff the the imaging by it was just incredible it was just you just never heard the attitude of all of it and then the jocks coming up there was just so much attitude on that station and original it was original that's what that's what really got to me Uh, so what was tom like to work for do you like tom i did tom and i got along great 
he uh, he brought me in and and he wanted to meet. I remember the first first thing that he was doing for the first couple of days, really, that I was there. He wanted me to get out of the top forty sound that I. <laughs> you know, came from, and it was all, and he was a big help. We got along really well. We did very well. Tom was the, the, uh, you know, a good move for that station at that point. Now, he took that job not as a result of dying to want to be there, but, you know, the Pollock people were moving program directors around. Jimmy Christopher left, and there was a a hole, and the Pollock people said, do you want to go think about KNAC? And that's that's how he wound up there. I don't know that he was his first choice, but it was a choice, and he took it. And I think it worked because he managed to broaden the playlist a little bit, and he he expanded it, I think— in a, in a time it it needed to be it needed to grow up a little bit. Yeah, and but for us, for Jocks, he you know he pretty much left us alone. He left me alone too. You know the big stink that I had while he was there wasn't with him so much. Okay, <laughs> that, that whole thing about you know me walking out of there and all that right. egotistical crap that <laughs> I went through. So you know I missed the whole Pam era. What was Pam like? Oh, you missed that era. Um, again, you know, it's funny because people, uh, go back and forth, you know, you hear some things that aren't so great. There's a few of them there that had really hard times working for... <laughs> like Gonzo. <laughs> like Gonzo, yeah. I wasn't going to say it, but yes, Gonzo did, and Stu, they did not, uh, they did not mesh with, uh, <laughs> with her. But, uh, you know, Pam and I got along great also. To me, it was like... Uh, I didn't have a problem with any of the PDs. I mean, to me, it's like, okay, they're there for a reason. Somebody put them there. If they don't want me to do something or they do want me to do something, I'll do it. It's like, all right, you're the boss. No, I got you. You get along with everybody there. And <laughs> no, 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 I don't mean that as you roll over. I mean, you just get along with people. That's your skill. Yeah. I mean, there's just sometimes there's just no point in in the argument although i did get in an argument with her once <laughs> and and i remember and it was and her and i talked about it not too long ago uh and it was just funny for both of us just i was so adamant about it for whatever reason now it's just stupid but um we were doing triple shots of of bands mm-hmm. and they were going around and when pam got there things got a little wimpier we were all a little kind of pissed about that because that was that whole time where you either went warrant and those kind of bands or you went pantera and uh i think most of us were going pantera and pam was going warrant and uh i remember it was early on when that change started and we were doing triple shots and i had a triple shot of britney fox oh and i just i couldn't do it (laughs) I i could not do it and so I went into her office when I was still on the air. There's a song playing, and uh, I was—I said, I go, I can't do this. There's no way I'm going to play a triple shot of Britney Fox. Yeah, what went, the hell songs would they be anyway? I know. <laughs> <laughs> and, but she let me change it, I remember. Huh, she, like, you, you, she let you change bands. Okay. Yeah, she let me change the band. Well, okay, good. So God, God like, bless her on that one. She just yeah, didn't want to butt heads with you. <laughs> I think so. She had she had a dinner date or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm messing with you, but that's that's pretty funny, isn't it? Hey, you know, speaking of Greg, we spoke with Greg. Uh, gee, it's been two or three weeks ago. He seemed to be doing okay. He was really insightful about you know that time that he came there. And the challenges that the station faced, you know, namely the music was going through huge upheaval, you know, and the pirate radio uh, competition that erupted. Yeah. How was that era for you with Greg? 
Yeah, with Greg Steele, it was Greg was the best for me out of out of everybody. I mean, besides Tom, but Tom because he hired me. Greg, I thought was fantastic. We just hit it off, and he's another guy that is pretty easy to get along with. Um, but yeah, that was that whole era with Pirate was just so. I don't even know what the word is. You just wanted to kill them. Everybody at KNAC, you just wanted to bury them. And it was a, it was just a team against this station. I mean, everybody was just so, you hated even hearing the word pirate radio. I hate hearing the word today. <laughs> I do. It's I, funny. It revolted me. I was only there for about six months. But right. Yeah. I, had, I had insight to the place. And so when I got back to KNAC, I was really hoping that Greg would, you know, let me take the whole station guerrilla warfare against those fuckers because right. I was I really couldn't stand it and I, I just you know he he had a different approach obviously and he was right ultimately he was right and I actually confessed that to him yeah I I agree in hindsight he he had the right approach I would have gone there and probably rubbed their nose in something and they would have turned on us and that could have been that could have been brutal because they had a hell of a lot of money. <laughs> they have so much money. Yeah. You know, the signal was so much better. Uh, yeah. I mean, they could have really taken over. and uh, They just didn't. They didn't. And I knew that they weren't organized enough from the inside. I knew the, how what a mess they were. They, I mean, their general manager's up there doing lines of coke on his desk, for God's sake. <laughs> right. So, well, yeah, maybe I should have worked there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and going back to Greg, you know, I mean, Greg, because that started the whole Pearl Jam Nirvana era was with Greg. He was the first to play Pearl Jam. And again, all of us kind of revolted and said, what the hell are we playing this mm -hmm. alternative music for? Even though you liked it, it was still going, man, this isn't right. And then Soundgarden came in and Alice in Chains came in. And uh, then you're kind of going, man, you know, this stuff's pretty good. Yeah. And so he called that one. Greg called that one. And he was absolutely right about that. That that had to be dealt with. It had to be dealt with. Yeah. And, um, you know, unless we were going to let K-Rock and Pirate own it, you know, we had to have our, you know, our little boat in the water with that stuff. We just did. And I, yeah. think, I think he handled it in, you know, just right. And it was just enough because it could have gone, it could have gotten out of control. It could have changed the entire format of the station. Yeah, totally. No, he he, he did it right. Let's just look and you know at what radio did then and what radio's doing now and what what overall effect if any do you think KNAC had on the industry? Well, I think stations kind of started popping up, you know, I mean, it was just so popular for such a small signal in such a small station. The popularity was just unheard of. I mean, even just, you know, the t-shirts, seeing the bands wear the t-shirts on MTV and and all that kind of stuff. And then I know Z-Rock came out in Texas and they just, you know, were a copycat of of KNAC. So I think that they changed a lot of stuff. I think KNAC changed the whole jock thing because we weren't, we were just normal and believed in the station, and which you never really heard that much in radio. As for now, uh, I think it's still kind of there. I, I, radio's tough now, mm. you know. Uh, satellite radio, I'm much better with because you got so many choices on Sirius and XM. And I think, you know, they, they can expand their playlists a little more. So, but radio itself is just, it's just so boring yeah. for me. I mean, it's just, it's killing me. I mean, I listen in the mornings. I had my Sirius, because I have Sirius, 
which I'll listen to Howard in the morning, you know, and uh, or the music stations there. I'll listen to the Boneyard, which is basically what KNAC was. But I lost it for like a week or for whatever reason. I didn't have it in my car. And so I had to listen to normal radio in the mornings. <laughs> and I was dying. Yeah, I'm just like these guys. They're not funny. It's just the same. Cra- it's unbe- it was it was horrible. Yeah, to have it, to listen to it. Yeah, no, I agree. But I do think that you know that little station had a had an effect on you know radio you know uh, overall, and it's most certainly helped to bring to the mainstream a lot of really hard music. I mean, yeah, it really did. I mean, we broke so many bands. You know that are they're still out there today, still touring and doing what they can to uh, to be out there. But yeah, I mean, I think the station just you know it was known everywhere, and everybody wanted to hear it. Every you know again during the days of without the internet, I think it was kind of that supply and demand kind of thing where people wanted it so bad because they couldn't get it. That made us bigger as well. Well, think about this now. Um, there there was a trajectory not only with the music but one band in particular. Metallica's trajectory. We took advantage of that. We were we were attached to them in some kind of ways. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, we were. I mean, I remember in in San Luis Obispo hanging out with my friends and we're listening to Metallica because it was just like the most insane thing at the time. That Kill 'Em All record was, you yeah. know, it was just unbelievable. And there was no station on the planet that was gonna that was gonna play that. MTV wasn't gonna play them, you know. But then, you know, you get down to KNEC, and that was there. It was perfect. It was the perfect marriage between a radio station and a band. It took us a little bit of time to start playing it in all day parts. I, I had a conversation with Ross Goza. You knew Ross, right? I did not know Ross. Oh, that's right. You, that, that's right. Ross was a music director, and he, like the rest of us, just wanted to be at that station. You know, and Ross and I got sent to uh, some... Oh, thing for the for the Monsters of Rock, and it wasn't until that big Monsters of Rock tour, you know, got about halfway through that we realized we need to pl- be playing more Metallica, even though the people on the phone are driving us nuts about it, and we didn't want to believe the <laughs> the hardcores that you know scream Metallica all day and all night. Right, I think that Monsters of Rock, which I wasn't there, but just hearing about it, that seemed to be the that showed the higher ups, if I may. You know, the, whoever the PD was at that point in time, whether it was Tom or... It was Tom, okay. yeah. I think that's showing him where he's like, okay, now I see, I get right. it. It's not just eight people calling over and over and uh, over. It's a phenomenon yeah, going and, on here. And Ross had, had told me, and, you know, I couldn't remember, actually. He said, yeah, we didn't play Metallica in the morning day part until the Monsters of Rock thing got rolling. And it was just too obvious. You know, you couldn't ignore it anymore. We were definitely the only commercial station in the world playing Metallica in the mornings. In the mornings, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's no question about that. Take that for me. I was the beneficiary of playing Metallica in the morning. Number one, it shut all the crazy people up on the phones because, God bless them, you know, Metallica people, and to this day, they're, they're hardcore and they have every good reason to be. And um, I still appreciate it, man. Metallica, you know, if it weren't for Metallica, I don't know that we would have reached the uh, stratospheric heights that we reached. You know, that was uh, exactly as Darren had described it there. It was a perfect marriage between a radio station and a band. And and God bless them. You know, uh, Lars and James both came down to visit with us all day 
on that very last day of, of KNAC's existence as a pure rock radio station. So there you have it, Dangerous Darren, some, some good insightful things throughout the uh, pretty much the course of his entire stay there. And, um, you know, God bless him. Thank you, Darren. All right. Uh, more insightful things. Next time, we're going to get into some of the women of pure rock. And I hope you'll stick around for that one because it's, uh, it's something near and dear to my heart here. Uh, all right. In the meantime, your comments and correspondence of any kind, welcome at thrashpyradio at gmail.com. Give me a like and a share and keep your eye on your Facebook page for the next Thrash Pie Radio podcast. <laughs>